Okay, so I personally drink blue and purple Gatorade, but the mm. overwhelming favorite right now, according to FanDuel, all my odds, obviously, shout out FanDuel. What color do you think is the overall favorite for Gatorade color to be dumped on the coach at plus 300? And that's the favorite, which pretty damn good odds. If the favorites at <laughs> yeah. plus 300, you can get, if you, you can get your Gatorade colored at, at pretty decent odds right now. There's a lot of colors. I, I this this may be half cheating because we did discuss this on the uh, four frequency sake Potapalooza a couple days ago. At the very end, uh, DJ mentioned the Gatorade bath and how play like teams with like the white jerseys, uh, they tend to not have Gatorade colors that are going to like stain those jerseys terribly. And I guess orange oh. is like a very good neutral one and i think orange was used last year with kansas city so i'm gonna guess orange but i don't i he didn't say i don't think uh specifically what the the best odds were orange is the favorite at plus 300 that's interesting i did not know that the goal was if you're wearing white now the now the niners are wearing white so the chiefs are wearing red my thought was both teams wear red you know a red is like a primary color so i my guess would be like red would be a, a you know a one to have in the Gatorade, but that's a really interesting thing. There's probably someone... I don't know how much like science is behind that because yeah. also I would think those jerseys are probably stained for good anyways from the game. Yeah, um, I would think and almost that'd be a cool thing to have on it. Know? Yeah, you know, but I guess yeah. they don't want like oh if you're wearing white and you win for it to be covered in red, and then when it's hanging in Canton, it's like wait. Were they wearing red or is that blood or like, or is that, why is that, why the Niners wear, have purple Jersey if they pour Yeah, And this year's different, obviously with the two teams sharing similar colors, but like last year, for instance, if you're Kansas city wearing a white Jersey, you don't want to have green Gatorade all over you from the Eagles, right? I think you can get clear is an option as well. Water being the option. Well, there you go. There's also the, um, the, the glacier freeze which is uh, basically the light white, you know? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. That one. Yeah. No, no, no. It's one of, yeah. One of those is like all white. Um, yeah. So that, that, that could be a good one too, but yeah, Orange those is are, the favorite though. Those Plus 300. There you go. There you go. What do you know what the second favorite is? Do you have that handy? Or I, you, I'd have to have look it up favorite? on, on FanDuel. Give me a second. Gotcha. You start the show and I'll find <laughs> it out for you. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, welcome everybody to the football lounge with Mark and Dan. We've had uh, you know, two weeks full of content here for you ramping up for Super Bowl. 58 and we are now getting ready uh for the big game in just two days so here on a friday we will give you our complete and full game preview who we think is going to win our final score predictions and much more and of course always going to get into the hottest news of the day the nfl honors just kicked off last night so we'll have all of those award winners to discuss at the end of the show too but for now let's get into it our big predictions for super bowl 58 It's OG right, color. Lay it on me. It's OG color. Green slash yellow lemon lime is the plus li- three ninety. I Purple, guess that makes sense. That's probably the most readily available too. Yeah, water clear plus seven hundred. That's not bad. I think if you get you know if you want yeah. if you want the uh, the odds on it, you know, do they do like because I at every other level for the most part, especially high school, but they always do the the ice bath you know and yeah so i wonder does is that included does that count because like you know i I think just most recently jim harbaugh with the national championship trying to evade the big ice bath uh those seem to be pretty good odds because i mean water's uh water's always on the side on the sideline yeah i know know, it'll be there i i I love the prop bets people get kind of tired of the prop bets i love the prop bets because those are the things that if you are stuck at a big super bowl party or you are, um, uh, you know, n- your team's not in it, or, you know, you're a depressed Ravens fan who's still going to watch. Like, those things are fun to, like, get the family still involved and care, you know what yeah. I mean, while you're while you're watching. I, it might be good st- for a lot of the Taylor Swift fans that aren't really into football yet or, or yes. just getting into football. And They're going to be able to enjoy those types of things that much more, too. I put together a list of other prop bets that are like, okay, these are things that it's like, if you're looking for simple things, because 
my big philosophy before we get started on this is I the Super Bowl is one of the games I bet the least. I'll put a money line down on a winner, and then I'll put like one or two other little things because I want to be tuned into the game and not worrying about like the bets, right? Uh, I, I feel like, you know, during the regular season or whatever, these are fun games, and you're trying to make a game more entertaining by betting on it. The Super Bowl itself is entertaining, so I don't want to like get distracted with my side bets. But there are some simple little ones, fun ones, easy ones that you could put, you know, parlay a couple together or just throw a couple bucks on some of these just to have some side action while you're still focusing on the game or easy ones to like set up with your wife, your girlfriend, people who are, if you're having more Taylor Swift involved type of things, they're like, hey, why don't you place a, you know, put five bucks on this and you can have a little fun gambling and, and they're kind of easy to explain to those mom, dads and parents in your household who aren't degenerates like me. <laughs> yeah, no, I love those. The the yeah. prop bets are a lot of fun. They they are discussion starters for sure. And it kicks things off. Well, you know, usually with the national anthem and uh and the coin talk. But we talked about it uh, uh either last show or the one before, um, about how you know, recent years uh I think it's they said it at like 135 or something like that. And wasn't it that Reba usually goes pretty short, you were saying? Yeah, or, or, or like right around. I think the over under is the over under is one is one fifty because that's the oh, average. Okay. Well, there you go. So it's like yeah. one. The longest was Alicia Keys at like two something. We talked about that in our trivia. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So bet the fun. under. Bet the under. But bet the under, and then just be like cheering like a horse race as you're going. Like, come on, come on! It's like sing, <laughs> yeah. sing. You it's know. the most instantly gratifying of the prop yeah. bets next to the coin toss for sure. Exactly right. You're you know you're not in the stadium. You don't have to stand with respect. Just you know you get on your you know your giddy up. Exactly, exactly. And you know what? This is the for some reason I guess the last two years just have uh, kind of gone. Uh, completely out of my head in terms of the Super Bowl because I still associated the Super Bowl with being a 5.30 p.m. start. but And, and maybe it's changed this year, but I just noticed for, the, for right now that it's at 6.30 Eastern, Eastern time, of course, and I've only been on the East Eastern Coast for a few years, so maybe just still getting used to that. Yeah, because it, it's a 5.30 Was it 5.30 start. last year Central time? I don't know. I was in Arizona just pe- trying not oh, to throw up. Huh. I was trying. I was. I was trying not to blow the, the the live first ever live Super Bowl commercial. I was. I wasn't really worried about what time kickoff was. Uh, Very but Five thirty Central Time feels right. Like that feels yeah, yeah. right. So I. That's I'm, what I always remembered it being. So yeah, six thirty. Yeah. I gotta get used to that. But 49ers at the Chiefs. That is kind of how things are set up here. Is the the Chiefs are are the home squad, um, in this game and San Francisco starting off at least per ESPN bet as one and a half point favorites, which is wild to me still, uh, you know, obviously their record and their seating certainly probably plays a, a part in that. But yeah, uh, I don't know how you could watch the chiefs the last few weeks and be like, Oh yeah, that's an underdog. So that'll, that'll be interesting to, to, to see how, how we view this game playing out as we get into our, our preview here. But uh, just initial thoughts as we kind of launch into this prediction, Mark, how do you envision this game playing out? Uh, and then afterwards, maybe we can get into uh, you know, what's what What does the 49ers need to go right? What do the yeah. Chiefs need to go right for them to get a, a win? But overall, your thoughts on how you think Super Bowl 58 will play. That's out. a great way to structure. And I, and I think that's the best way to go approach it is how each team can win. And then we then we'll tell you which which, you know, which side we're on and who we think is going to win. So for me, one of the things that I love is like the Super Bowl is the epitome of you're at the water cooler with it at the work. And, and what do people are saying? Like, I think it's going to be a good game. I think, uh, I think it's going to be a close game. And it was like, yeah, no, it should be a close game. Two good teams. This is going to be a close game. And I post on my YouTube channel, um, a video this week. Cause I wanted to examine that. Like, you know, we say that because your gut reaction is like, oh, two best teams, like it's going to be a close game. All signs from me that matter of like what I was investigating and going through the sets. Normally when, peel back the curtain, right? We like to do our show not necessarily, we're not Warren Sharp. We're not deep analytics people. We're not, I'm not Brian Baldinger. I, I didn't play in the NFL. I'm not going to break it down. You know, this is inside zone cut, like, we are at, we call it like elevated fandom, right? We love the game. We cover the game. We watch the game more intently. Um, we do study some of that stuff. So 
normally when you're watching it or you're preparing for, you know, say the first round of the playoffs games, I'll take a couple notes here or there, but I'm going to trust my gut. I'm going to trust what I've seen all season long, right? I got nine different little sheets of paper here. Like, I, I, there's too much time to prepare for this game, right? Like, every day I was like, oh, I want to look into this. I want to look into this. And that's what the Super Bowl makes you do, right? It may, because you have the two weeks to prepare, it makes you start overanalyzing. And one of the things yeah. that then that draws me back to and what I found on my on my doing research for, there are plenty of times where these games can be blowouts because – Certain teams, uh, you know, find their way into a Super Bowl, maybe by luck. Certain teams find their way into Super Bowl because they're like an NHL team. You know, you're an NHL guy. Like they got the goalie that's hot, right? Their defense is hot at the right time, um, and and then you know, certain games uh, turn into all timers, close games, real nail biters, and all signs to me point to this. Yes, you say it at the water cooler. I think it's to be a close game. I think that's really true. You look at both teams' defenses, 17 points per game throughout the regular season. They were number two and three in scoring. These teams don't give up points. Um, you look at the fact that your gut tells you San Francisco's got the better defense, but Kansas City had eight more sacks than, than San Francisco throughout the regular season. Kansas City's had six more sacks in the postseason than San Francisco. Now, granted, they played one extra game, but San Francisco's got the guys, the names on defense, but Kansas City's defense actually been the one that's really balling out. They held the best team in the NFL to 10 points at home in the AFC Championship game. So all of those things, to me, great defenses, star players on defense on both sides, that tells me this is going to be a tight game. Neither defense I expect to implode. Kind of like... What what happened to you know the Eagles defense last year? They kind of imploded in the Super Bowl. I don't expect that on either side. Also, what tells me it's gonna be a close game is that the Niners' strength is running the football and controlling the clock and long drives. Well, that to me doesn't mean 35 points and and a and a seven 35 17 blowout victory, right? Uh on the other side, you have Pat Mahomes, who never gets blown out and who's the best quarterback in the NFL. So everything to me points towards a really tight game, a close game, an entertaining game, even though it's the easy thing to say, like, oh, well, <laughs> I'm at the water cooler with Joe, and so we're just going to – we got to find something to talk about as we're filling up our coffee, and oh, I think it's going to be a tight game. It's going to be a close one. I truly think the stats that matter and the the, the over-analyzing that I've done points to – it being a close game. I agree. I, that, that is the initial thought as well. And, and even after diving into it, you, you feel a little bit more comfortable about that. And, and part of that too, for me is that uh, both of these teams have kind of shown to score at different times uh, yeah. in the game. So like, for instance, you know, Kansas city, especially the postseason here uh, has been really hot starting games the first half they've really come out firing and then uh you know you can look back to them kind of just hanging on in the second half in this playoff run um and and their defense you know i think back to the dolphins game of course this to start out where you know they really just held them off um the entire you know third and fourth quarter but uh you know san francisco has really been a team that's kind of sustained throughout and and actually done very well in the fourth quarter uh, in terms of fourth quarter points per game San Fran is fourth in the league this year at 7.7 Kansas City is dead last yeah they don't score like 3.6 which which you know surprises you because you think you know Patrick Mahomes is you know a great fourth quarter quarterback and and a great comeback king they just haven't had to be in that position as many times um, their defense is so good they they hold they hold teams and they control the clock with Pacheco. They've been locked down, and yeah, they they can just they can run out the the last five six minutes of the game and not have to score. You know, last year they were at seven points per game, so a big swing from seven to three point six this year. Obviously, playoffs are a different animal, and they've you know had had their you know capabilities shown uh, time and time again that they can score on yeah. a whim, and you don't want Patrick Mahomes with a deficit in the fourth quarter and say, Oh, we feel good. Cause they only scored 3.6 points in the fourth quarter. No, he, 
he'll find a way to come back. But it is just interesting. The flow of the game that these two teams take uh, is, is a little bit different how it's played out throughout this year. But I do see just how they stack up against each other for it to be more of an evening out on both sides. So yeah, I, I see really um, both teams kind of feeling each other out early on. I don't expect there to be, uh, you know, floodgates opening up for either team really in the first quarter. I could easily see a, a six to three or six nothing first quarter. Uh, and then going into the second, third quarter is really where these teams can can kind of o- start to open up. The biggest difference is San Francisco is going to be the team where, okay, they can score 60-yard or 70-yard touchdown at, at any given moment, and you might al- almost expect that to happen. Yeah. Whereas Kansas City uh, is a team that's had to be a little bit more methodical this year. They have Patrick Mahomes who can score 60-yard touchdown, but it's just they don't have the deep threat um, to make that uh, a likely outcome. It could still happen. It's just yeah. not as likely. And so that's where I'm interested to see who – kind of gets that big play early if San Francisco jumps out to a 10 to nothing lead early on because Debo Samuel has a big play puts Kansas City in a tough spot Kansas is Kansas City gonna panic and have to go all on Patrick Mahomes we need hero ball from you for the final three quarters I feel like that could spell trouble but yeah overall I agree I see this one being a a more even flow game even if San Fran does get out to a 10-0 lead, I could see Kansas City making a 10-7 at the half, and it's back and yeah. forth throughout the entire second half. You know, Dan, in order for a game to be a blowout, you got to to me, it's got to be 17 or more points, right? Three scores or more. It can't be if it's if it's even 16 points. I'd say, well, it's two scores. I, it's probably not a blowout, depending on how the game went. If it was. Yeah, 30 to nothing, and then it ends 30-14, that's a blowout because there's maybe some late scores or whatever. But in order for a game to actually be a blowout, to get to a 17-point more victory, listen, the 49ers are capable of doing it. They they won by 23 against your Steelers. They won by 18 against the Giants, 19 against the Cardinals. Uh, they won by 32 against the Cowboys this year, 31 against the Jags, and that was a, a blowout. They they uh, they Who else? They beat the Eagles by 23, Seattle by 18, Commanders by 17. But the Kansas City Chiefs have only had two blowouts all year against the Bears. 31 points when Taylor Swift first attended a game. That was the Bears going to what? 0-4 or something or 1-4. I mean, it was a disaster. Before Montez Sweat, the Bears turned it around late in the season. And then in a 19-point victory against Miami in the wild card. So San Francisco's more capable of the blowout. But they blew if if you go back and look at the teams they blew out, most of them are against teams that that's not Mahomes on the other side, right? And Mahomes doesn't get blown out unless he's missing his two starting tackles in the Super Bowl against an all-time generational front seven from the, you know, from the Tampa Bay Bucks. So again, I think you can it can a blowout happen? Absolutely. Would any of us be surprised if a blowout happens? I, I I don't know. It depends on how it goes down. I would be really shocked if either of these teams feels unprepared, i.e. Cowboys getting blown out by the Packers. I'd be shocked if that happened to either team because it just feels like two well-coached teams, both teams with a lot of star power. I'd be shocked if that's the Super Bowl we get. The signs point to a close game. So now I guess we can decide how does San Francisco win a close game and how does the Chiefs win a close game? Yeah, like so for me, we'll we'll start with San Francisco. Okay, great. Uh, San Francisco needs to in in order for them to win, they need to get get out to an early lead. They need to be the ones to score first. They need to set the tone because if San Fran gets gets in a position where they are having to win the game from behind and rely on I and and this is no you know disrespect to Brock Purdy, but if it's Brock Purdy or Patrick Mahomes with their backs against the wall, I'm going to take Mahomes yeah. every yeah. day of the week. And so if if they're not able to get a steady pace of Christian McCaffrey, of Debo running the football out of the backfield, uh, of some of those end arounds, of being able to utilize everything at their uh, you know disposal, that's going to be a huge problem. So for the 49ers to win this game. They need to get Christian McCaffrey going early and often. They need to be able to sustain some drives and they need to get out to an early lead. I don't even care if it's, if it is that six to nothing early lead. 
yeah. get some points early on and confidence and, and, and establish that flow, establish the confidence and, uh, and, and you got to get the ball obviously in the hands of McCaffrey, but also Debo. If Debo is catchless through the first quarter, I'd have some big concerns, even though there's a lot of football left to play. Totally. Uh, you want to get those guys going early and often and kind of set the tone. So that's my big, um, you know, point of emphasis for San Francisco if they're going to win this game. Yeah, I'll build on that. I agree with you 100%. A lead early helps San Francisco. If if, if the Chiefs don't need to get out to a lead to win. I feel like the exactly. Chiefs getting out to a lead would be massive always helps for everybody. them. Oh, my God, it'd be massive yeah. for them. But it feels like the Niners, for confidence-wise, you know, now I could argue, I'll, I'll, I'll mute my own point, that, you know, San Francisco is down early and big to the Packers and the Lions and found a way. But... The Chiefs feel different, and the pressure of the Super Bowl on the road, not at home, will feel different in doing that. So I agree with you. I when I when I when I came to a decision on this game, one of the things is I you know I'm digesting all these stats over the last two weeks, and then in the last you know 48 hours, I just said, all right, now what does my gut say? And and part of doing that is like, okay, dumb football brain, just guy who loves watching football. Your gut reaction says, what are the advantages the Niners have? Well, the advantages the Niners have are the weapons. Like, they have the weapons on offense. They have Debo. They have Ayuk. They have Kittle. They have McCaffrey. Those are the best weapons in this game. The only person you would put in that category is Kelsey, but right now, Kittle's more in his prime than Kelsey. Now, the relationship that Kelsey and Mahomes has makes Kelsey probably still the most dangerous tight end in football over Kittle. But you watch the way Kittle blocks. You add in Juszczyk to that to that being a weapon. You add in Trent Williams in the run game being added to that as a weapon. They have so many weapons. So in order for San Francisco to win, we need to on Monday be talking about the weapons stepped up. Like they were uh, they were unbelievable. They played the games of their lives. You know what I mean? No penalties from Trent Williams, that offensive line. Uh, you know, uh, the... The defensive guys on defense, Bosa, Armstead, Chase Young, Warner, they were unblockable. They were unstoppable. They were just the guys. Like, that's the advantage that San Francisco has. They, their advantage is they have guys on defense and they have weapons. So that needs to be the storyline for them to win. It needs to be, we're talking about Nick Bosa wrecking the game. It needs to be, we're talking about Chase Young. He just earned himself a contract in the offseason. It needs to be Fred Warner was, you know, led the team with 12 tackles and was just flying everywhere. And every time Mahomes tried to scramble for a third down, Fred Warner was there and making a play, making a tackle. And then on the flip side, it's Debo was a yak god. They just kept giving it to him with a little crossing routes, and he just would turn five yards into 15 yards. And McCaffrey, between the tackles, carried the ball 23, 24-plus times, and they just fed him, and he was churning. Five yards of carry, five yards of carry, five yards of carry. So I agree. An early lead helps. But the story for the Niners on Monday that they won their first Super Bowl since the 90s and Steve Young was because all of the dudes on defense and the weapons on offense, they played they played like the Hall of Famers that we think a lot of them are. Agreed. All right, give me your Chiefs. Uh, what, what do the Chiefs need to okay. win this game? So – when I when I start uh, when I start thinking about it on the flip side, you know, dumb brain football guy taking in all the data, I went to what are the advantages that the Chiefs have? Well, the advantages the Chiefs have to me are, are pretty blatant, and they are crucial advantages um, in the sense that football comes down to really like three phases, right? You know, offense, defense, special teams. Well, they have the better quarterback. They have the best quarterback on the planet. That is a massive advantage, right? And they have a quarterback who is now at the point of his career where not only is he capable of doing the amazing, the jaw-dropping, the, oh, my God, no one else on the planet can do that. But he doesn't turn the ball over. He has the least turnover amount of, like, worthy plays. Like, it's a weird set, but it's like, yeah, turnover-worthy plays in the NFL, like, or in the postseason. Like, he's, like, record-setting with how low he, his turnover-worthy plays are. He does not give you a chance to steal the football. So again, the dudes on the Niners defense are going to have to create those because Mahomes isn't going to give them to you. So obviously Mahomes is advantage number one. Uh, advantage number two 
for the for the um, Kansas City Chiefs is the coach. I mean, Andy Reid got the monkey off his back five years ago, Super Bowl Fifty Four, and he he won the big game. He got it done, and since then, Andy has been unquestionably brilliant and fantastic. Even though he's lost Bienemy and lost Nagy and got Nagy back, and now Bienemy's gone and is kind of advising to come back, like. That changes that that cycles too, but he has stayed the same and consistent. His record off the bye, we don't need to spend any time on it. He is almost unbeatable when he's got time to prepare. He is calm. He is cool. He is collected on the sideline in a stoic, confidence way. Ron Rivera was calm, but you're almost looking at him like, say something. <laughs> Andy Reid is calm and doesn't overdo it, but it's like his players look at him and they just have this sense of it's John Madden-esque where it's like this aura of him. He's larger than life, and he is an advantage in this game. Uh, he doesn't have the pressure of blowing it. He's he's defeated that. He's got his rings. His legacy is set. So he'll go in with a calmer, cooler confidence than, than uh, 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 Shanahan. So they have coach quarterback advantage. They also have the special teams advantage. The kicking game. You brought it up a couple weeks ago with Harrison Bucker, and I think it's a great point. And I and I I look at it now. Jake Moody, high draft pick, but has been shaky at best. And in the Super Bowl, when it is Taylor Swift in the crowd and all the big names and and celebrities and the world watching, Harrison Bucker's been there, done that. He had the doink in the Super Bowl last year. Remember against the mm -hmm. Eagles, and he recovered from it. So I trust that Bucker, in a big moment, even if he has a slip-up late in the game, will be able to come back and make the kick. Meanwhile, I just don't think the Niners trust their young kicker. And I would advise every NFL team to never draft a kicker or a punter. It seems like even the great college kickers and punters who deserve to get drafted, they can't live up to the hype of being a draft pick. It's just, you look at him, Jay Moody's drafted, and he struggled this year. And you say to yourself, if they had Robbie Gold, we wouldn't be worried about this at all, right? And right, they let Robbie yeah. Gold go, yeah. and Robbie Gold ended up retiring and then walking away, and good for him. So that's the advantages for Casey. And for them to win this game, those three things will come into play, and they'll come into play big time. Mahomes being the best quarterback on the planet, Andy Reid being the best coach on the planet right now, and having the game plan and being prepared with with. With, I think, coaching staff overall, Spags is phenomenal. And you throw that in there. I think there's a coaching advantage there. And then special teams. This will come down to needing this, someone to hit a kick early in the game or an extra point. And I trust Bucker a lot more than I trust Moody on the other sideline. So those are those are the advantages for Casey. And for them to win the game on Monday, we'll be talking about Mahomes, the special teams, and the coaching staff. Yeah, I, I agree with uh, a lot of those points. I will counter with a, a different X factor for the Chiefs, uh, if not only just to play a little devil's advocate. But I do think that with the 49ers' strength being their weapons, as you outlined, uh, and their yak ability, that the Chiefs are going to have to have a game where they limit the explosive plays to no more than two uh, oh. in this game, which is those are categorized as 20 plus yard plays. Uh, if you're Kansas city, if, if we're looking at a box score at the end without knowing the score, and we see that San Francisco did not have um, any plays of 40 plus yards or 30 plus yards. That's huge. I'm going to say, city. okay, I'm, I'm thinking that means that Kansas city won this game. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pair that with, Christian McCaffrey being held to like 150 uh, yards or fewer from scrimmage. If if Christian McCaffrey has a a 120 yard rushing day and 80 yard receiving day, that's going to spell probably a good a good sign for the 49ers winning Absolutely. this football game because Absolutely. not only does it mean that you know he clearly was getting you know the the football well into the fourth quarter throughout an entire game. Uh, is signaling that they were probably in a good position at that point, but also because he's just so damn good that you can't let a guy like him beat you totally. uh, and kind of run the show. And so if Christian McCaffrey has an epic day, uh, that's probably going to be a good sign that San Francisco is in the driver's seat and won this football game. So it's limiting the explosive plays. 
and you know pushing back against Christian McCaffrey. Because on the flip side, if Christian McCaffrey has 50 or fewer yards in this game, I'm saying, oh, well, then Kansas City clearly won, right? Yeah. I mean, I I don't feel, even if Debo on the other side has 150 yards, McCaffrey has fewer than 50 all-purpose yards. I'm going to go ahead and, and guess that it didn't work out too well for San Francisco on that front. So oh. those are the the primary things for me. Obviously, there are many factors in play, and I think you named uh, quite a few good ones. But that's another X factor that I really um, would would hone in on here for Kansas City. And their defense has been great at tackling the catch. So that's going to be a, a, a big matchup I'm looking forward to watching is mm. the 49ers playmakers after the catch and whether or not Kansas City can swarm and, and be that good tackling unit that they have been, especially as of recently. Keep that up, and you've got a good shot to win. All right. Uh, that being said, I will officially be taking – the Kansas City Chiefs to win 27 to 20. And so I'm coming upon that number. The over-under is 47 and a half. I think it's just going to hit the under. Mm, Part okay. of it, but the, the key to me will be when, when I felt confident taking Kansas City was this stat. So against Miami, Kansas City rushed 34 times, 147 yards and a touchdown. Against Buffalo, they rushed 24 times, 146 yards and a touchdown. Now, against Baltimore, there's a knockdown, bare-knuckle fight. I think it's going to look similar to Kansas City versus uh, San Francisco. They committed to running the football. 32 times they rushed the football for 89 yards and a touchdown. Now, what really shocked me was, in my head, I kept saying, oh, man, if, if, if San Francisco rushes the ball for 25, 26 times in 150 yards and a touchdown, I... I don't think Kansas City can win. I think they'll control the clock. San Francisco will control the clock and they will they'll they'll just dominate time of possession and you know and in Kansas City will be in real trouble. Kansas City, the one weakness to their defense throughout the regular season, 17th in the NFL in rush yards per game to give up 113 compared to San Francisco, which was third in the league, giving up 89. But look back at that box score in that game against Buffalo on the road against Buffalo. They gave up. 39 rushes, 182 yards, and two touchdowns to the Buffalo Bills. And they still won that game. And they won that game uh, pretty handily late in, the, late in the game. With Josh Allen. With Josh <laughs> I mean, Allen. Know, yeah. So when I, you know, wide right, obviously, you know what I mean? But they were, that was to tie and and, and not, not exactly win the game and all, you know. I, I really just think to myself, no, no, no. If San Francisco runs the ball a ton, Kansas State's still going to find a way to win. They did it. They did it against a better quarterback in Josh Allen, a, uh, a a Hall of Fame level talent in Josh Allen versus Brock Purdy. The other thing that kills me is that if you look at the Kansas City, they're committing to the run this playoffs. The Niners' run defense went from one of the best, third best in the league in regular season to trash in the postseason. They gave up. Uh, 136 yards on 28 carries to the Packers. They gave up 182 yards, three touchdowns to the Lions. And Pacheco's just as good of a running back as Montgomery, as Aaron Jones. If you give him daylight with that offensive line, he'll find it. That gives me confidence. That gives me a lot of confidence. The other reason why I yeah. think it's going to be fairly low scoring, 27 to 20, is that it is the Super Bowl, and I do think both these teams are really experienced. Both these teams are really tough. Both these teams are physical football teams that want to run the ball. And when that, when you get to that point, what happens? You're playing a little like you know, kind of tag early on. I think it's a low-scoring game in the first half. I think it's you know, fourteen, thirteen, you know, fourteen to ten, thirteen, ten, first half. I think it's lower scoring as these teams are really trying to figure it out. They want to both keep the game close, so they both have a chance to win late. And here's the thing. All the signs have said point to the game being close. And if the game is close, then I'm going with Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not going with anyone else on the planet right now. So I'm rolling with the Chiefs 27-20, to 20, um, and uh, I think it's going to be a, a really fun one. And I, and I think we'll, I think on Monday, I'll, I'll add this to it, we'll be talking about, San Francisco is an all-world roster with a quarterback that just in the biggest games this year really did not look capable of leading them to victory. Held on versus uh, uh, Detroit, 
got lucky versus Green Bay that he had a really great drive and and the other quarterback threw a horrible interception and completely shit the bet against uh, the Ravens on Christmas night. And then against the Chiefs, I think it's going to be a little bit of the same where it's just it wasn't good enough and the rest of the roster was, but he wasn't. And the other guy on the other sideline was really, really good. Yes, yeah. Um, I also am taking the Chiefs to win this game. Um, and and I, I see it playing out uh, slightly differently, uh, although we, we do have a lot of similarities. I do think it will be close in the first half. I just think that the second half is going to kind of explode a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, part of this is, the Chiefs have been in three Super Bowls. They scored 30-plus in two of them, and then the one they got absolutely wrecked by that Crushed, Tampa Bay yeah. defense. And and I just, you know, obviously San Francisco has a really good defense, that, and, and that is in a range of outcomes. Like, they could crush the, the Chiefs. I just don't envision that happening. I don't see it being as much of a likelihood, and I don't view this 49ers defense in the same light as I did that Tampa Bay defense uh, that year. It was pretty epic. Uh, also the momentum that Kansas city is bringing into this game, the three, Huge. uh, you know, or not three, but, uh, the, the two road playoff wins, uh, the very hostile environments we're talking about, not just two road playoff wins, you know, first ever road playoff games for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, these are road games in, in historically, you know, hostile <laughs> yeah. environments in Buffalo against an, and, a two-time MVP and his, and a his two-time MVP and, and his, another who, could have had two MVPs at this point too. Um, so it's just, you know, there's so much epic play yeah. uh, from Patrick Mahomes on that side. So my prediction is 30 to 24 in favor of the chiefs. All right. 30, um, 24, so seven, game. six point game, seven point game for us. So we yeah. both. All right. And I do think I, 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 I need to, you know, uh, put the caveat here. I don't know the exact phrasing of the stat, but Harrison Butker needs three field goals in this game. To I believe have the most Super Bowl field goals ever. Oh wow! Um, which is crazy. Uh, obviously, three is a lot. You don't, you know, yeah. you wouldn't bet on three field goals being made in the game. But in this scenario, I think he gets three field goals. So twenty-one uh, points from the offense, um, and then and then three field goals there, or twenty-one points, I should say, from uh, you know Patrick Mahomes and company, and then the three field goals get them uh, to thirty points. And yeah, we'll, we'll see kind of, you know, how it plays out. I envision yeah. it being close, like you were saying, 14-10-ish in that first half. And then, uh, you know, kind of getting a little bit close in the second half and, and opening things up as well from both teams. So that's how I see this one playing out. In terms of tur- turnover-wise, that's the hardest one to, you know, because that could obviously turn this game on its head yeah. real quickly. Um, I would bank on the turnover coming from, you know, the San Francisco side, um, you know, versus Mahomes. But hey, I mean, that's where you, we were talking about the X factor, like Nick Bosa. You got to come up with a big strip. He's going to have to be fumble. Uh, Fred Warmer, you know, pick off uh, a pass where Kelsey is reading the defense and sitting inside on the zone. And uh, you end up reading it better than Mahomes and, and you get there fast enough for the interception. And uh, on the other side, Chris Jones, you're going to have to wreck that weak interior offensive line of the San Francisco 49ers. And, make life difficult for, you know, Brock Purdy and company early on and get that pressure going. So, you know, the defensive lines are going to be key in this game. And and that's where that could totally, you know, change the narrative early on in this game. Yeah, I'm with you 100 percent. I think um, I I think it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. We've had too much time. Let's just get to the game. And I and I do think overall, one of the things that we'll get to this here in the prop bets there next is that if you think the Niners are going to win, I think there's some real value in not betting Brock Purdy as the MVP. I think because I do think if the Niners win this game, it will be because of a historic performance from one of their other guys, Debo, McCaffrey, or Nick Bosa. I really, really believe that. Yeah, yeah, no, I would agree with you too. So yeah, let, hit me with some of these prop bets then. So uh, we, we talk Gatorade. Heads or tails is uh, they're both equal odds, minus one hundred four. So I, there's not a lot of action there, but again, it's fun to get the family involved. Uh, the favorite for the MVP is Mahomes at plus one fifty. So Dan, I would tell you. Well, see, that's and, that's hilarious because 49ers are favored to win this game. Yes, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but the MVP favorite is Patrick Mahomes. That's hilarious. So uh, I would tell you that the the way to the way to bet that. Is that you 
you think to yourself, if you think that the the if you're betting that the Chiefs are going to win, you have to just combine that with Patrick Mahomes being the MVP. Increase your odds because I don't see a world in which the Chiefs win and Mahomes isn't the MVP. Because even if Pacheco goes off, it's not going to be going off in the sense to where it's like, oh my God, they couldn't have done it without him. It'll be Patrick still making enough plays, finding, uh, finding you know key uh, players at big moments, the key throw, couple touchdown passes. Uh, but Brock Purdy's only plus two ten, McCaffrey plus four fifty. Again, if you think, if you think truly believe that the Niners are going to win. Having Debo Samuel at plus 2,500 is insane, insane value. Or Bosa at plus 8,000. I don't think, I do not believe that you'd be smart to waste your money on putting money on on, um, uh, George Kittle, Rasheed Rice, Brandon Ayuk, because those guys are so dependent, I think, on the quarterback having a big day for them to have a big day to where it would just doesn't make sense. Now, Debo can have a giant day without Purdy. He can take a screen or he can take a handoff because they actually run him the football as well to where he makes a play yeah. where it's like, well, clearly he's the guy. Purdy just hands the ball off to him, right? Same with McCaffrey. He did it versus Purdy did it, right? Um, whereas in in um, for the Kansas City Chiefs, to me, your options, if you think you want to bet a Chief to win the MVP, it's Mahomes or it's Chris Jones. Chris Jones plus 1,100, Nick Bosa plus 8,000. So, uh, again, Nick Bosa, I could seriously see if the if the Niners win the Super Bowl, I think a lot of it will be Nick Bosa having three sacks, a strip force fumble, maybe he, re- you know what I mean, a re- fumble recovery, a tip interception type thing that he returns for some yards where you're like, they won that game because that dude came to play. He balled out. They had the Chiefs to, yeah. you know, 17 points, and the Niners squeaked by with a 2017 victory, and Bosa was a game record. Give him the MVP. So I think there's some real value there. Um, am I nuts in any of that, or do you or you agree with No, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree with all of that. So the MVP one's a fun one. Again, you could tell people just pick an MVP because then you're waiting you know, throughout the game and you're rooting for just that player throughout the game and their team to win. Um, Kelsey, I don't know if there's a lot of value in Kelsey. A lot of people are going to want to bet Kelsey, Kelsey stuff because obviously it's Taylor, it's Kelsey, they're watching. But if you're if you're trying to get your girlfriend involved, your wife, whatever, you could tell her, hey, listen, let's put five bucks on the Kelsey overs, right? Over 72 and a half receiving yards. That's where it's set. The over-under is six and a half reception. So seven catches, 73 yards would get it. That's not crazy for Kelsey, but against a good Niners defense with Fred Warner, I mean, you're asking a lot. He's going to be the focal point of the offense, but the yeah, value is not exactly the necessarily there. Um, Did they put a you, prop bet on whether or not he's going to propose to Taylor Swift? Now, I think there are that, some yeah. that are doing that. FanDuel, I didn't see any of that stuff on FanDuel. Okay. Um McCaffrey and Pacheco, the running backs. Again, if you love, if you're rooting for a team, if you're if you're betting San Francisco to win, then I think you'd want to pair it with the over on rushing yards. He's at 89 and a half. Uh, McCaffrey against Not the bad. Green Bay had 98 and two tutties. Against the Lions, he had 90 and two tutties. So it's right at that line, 90. He's going to get the carries. Now that's purely just rushing yards, 89 and a half. But again, if you're confident San Francisco winning. Uh, I would, I would, I would uh, parlay that together. Pacheco, sixty-seven and a half over under. What do you think there? Sixty-seven and a half. You said, yeah. I would. I mean, I, I would take the over just because I, I really think Kansas City needs to run the football in this yeah. game, and I think they're going to make that an emphasis at least, you know, early on. So he's at least going to get, you know, eight nine carries and, uh, you know, in the first, you know, several few drives, and and at that point, uh. San Francisco's got a good defense, but they do have weaknesses against the run. And so, you know, especially if if you're just going to target Chase Young, you know, you'll have that uh, ability. 67 and a half. I mean, it's low for a reason, obviously, uh, but I would I would feel good about taking the over. Yeah, I do as well. Um, and then here's one that I love. I This is a weird, funky one, but I love it. And again, it's going to be fun to root for. 
throughout the game. So you give this one to your girlfriend and say, hey, I'm going to put five bucks on this one for you, right? Or, and uh, this is a fun one. Will there be, yes, a fake punt or field goal? So it's combined together. You get either a fake punt or a fake field goal plus 920. So huge, huge odds on that. Yeah. Now, Andy Reid and Shanahan aren't exactly fake punt field goal guys, but you feel like desperate times could call for desperate measures. These guys are risk takers. They are play designers. You could maybe see it happening at some point in time. But again, huge on fun odds for it. You throw five bucks on it. You end up making, you know, making some good money back on it. And I think, again, fun to see because if it happens in the game, you're going to freak out anyways. You might as well make some money on it. <laughs> true. Yeah, exactly. That's very true. And like this is the one. this is this is one you have to bet. Everyone's got to bet this one just because again, for the fun of it, you're gonna be watching the game. The last play of the game, if it is a yes, will it be a QB kneel minus two twenty five? So again, you have to bet a lot to win something, but easy fun if you're looking for a prop bet. Last play of the game, QB kneel minus two twenty five. Interesting. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it all depends on on if you think it, it's a blowout, and then who gets the ball less? Is it just going to be, you know, uh, Purdy and company trying to air it out in the last uh, few seconds? Or yeah, if it's a four point game and they've got to get that touchdown and yeah, so there, I mean, it obviously could play out either or the way, last but, play yeah, game, a game winning field goal. Yeah, yeah, very true. Very true. So now yeah, that's interesting. I like that. I like those props. QB All right, Neal. Mark, before we uh, close out the show, let's talk real quick about the NFL honors and the uh, the awards that were presented during the ceremony yesterday. Uh, of course, we have our MVP, Lamar Jackson, his second. Walter Payton Man of the Year goes to Cam Hayward. We've got Coach of the Year going to Steve Stefanski, apparently. Um, Kevin Stefanski, actually. But yeah, that was a funny, funny screw up there. Um, our Christian McCaffrey, Offensive Player of the Year, Miles Garrett, Defensive Player of the Year. Joe Flacco getting the Comeback Player of the Year, which uh, I think a lot of us thought DeMar Hamlin was probably going to get it, but it goes to Joe Flacco. And um, what else am I missing? I think we covered it all. Well, Miles Garrett, you say him? Yep, yep. Defensive Player of the Year. So I thought the Browns got a little too much love. Uh, (laughs) I don't hate the Kevin Stefanski, and I don't hate the Joe Flacco. I think it's kind of it was a fun story. It's hard with Demar Hamlin because you, um, he just I mean, didn't he didn't much. he didn't really play at all. I mean, he played a little bit, but I still think he's very deserving of the award to even just think to himself, "I'm going to put these pads back on." Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I thought it could have been a really good moment for the NFL again to like give him the award and then name the award after him, or is it Alex Smith already comeback player of the year award? They already named it after Alex Smith. Uh, you know what? I, I'm not sure, actually. Um, so either way, I thought there was a lot of Cleveland Brown love, and that was kind of interesting. No no other real – I mean, the Miles Garrett, you can talk on it a little bit. I do think if you look at the stats, TJ Watt got screwed. I wonder if they're making defensive player of the year a little bit more like an MVP award where it's your value to your team because the Browns' defense was electric. They made the playoffs. Um, and he was, he's the best player on the, ended up being the best defense in the NFL. Um, so maybe there's a little of that because one-on-one TJ Watt just, he did have a better season. You can speak on it more, but otherwise, yeah, big night for Cam Hayward. He seemed very deserving of the Walter Payton player man of the year award, which is awesome. Fun night. Watched a little bit of the show the last, you know, 40 minutes or so. And, um, um, but overall, yeah, nothing that was like to me alarming. Shout out two years in a row now. The Jets won offensive and rookie and defensive rookie of the year. And now yeah. this and now the Texans won offensive and defensive rookie of the year two years in a row. Pretty cool. Yeah, that that's uh that's a sign of a good draft class right there. You did something yeah. right. Yeah, that those were cool. I did forget to mention those rookie of the year. So yeah, Will Anderson and CJ Stroud taking home those. No surprises there either. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously t- to me, I I think that. Uh, TJ Watt definitely got snubbed of that award and the biggest part of it, you know, even if you're talking about, you know, who's valuable to their team, the Steelers are one in 11 without TJ Watt. So, I mean, that, that alone would tell you everything you need to know. I would think about his value to the team. Miles yeah. um, Garrett uh, in had one stat on TJ. That's a, uh, you know, a PFF stat. And 
for all intents and purposes is a somewhat like made up, you know, pressure win rate uh, kind of yeah. subjective type of thing. A TJ Watt blows him out of the water in most other stats and and narrowly beats him uh, in all of the others. So it was bizarre. Uh, Miles Garrett's not even top four in any of the meaningful stat categories, sacks, tackles, tackle for loss, pressures. Um, so it's, it, that, that just, that definitely seemed to me like, Hey, Miles Garrett's a dominant defensive player and, and he hasn't time. won this award yet. So we just need to get it, give it to him. Uh, but that was disappointing to see because, you know, obviously TJ had such a epic year once again. Um, and I, I think it's important for legacy to be able to stack those awards when you can. And I think he earned the award for the second time in his career. Um, and, and so, you know, to not be able to get it. Uh, the odds of him now being with his brother JJ in that three defensive player of the year, uh, rare, rare company is probably not going to happen uh, because he missed it out on this year. But it is what it is. Yeah, coach of the year, too. I mean, I think Kevin Stefanski is very much um, deserving of it. I thought D'Amico Ryan's uh, would have been my pick overall just because of the lowest of low expectations for the Texans coming into yeah, the year I and mean, what he, he was, was able fantastic. to do. In his rookie year with a rookie quarterback and a young defense, all of that was very, very impressive. But Stefanski had to weather a massive storm of injuries, uh, most notably to his extremely, extremely expensive quarterback. And to be able to get Joe Flacco and 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 get that, you know, uh, ride that wave to the playoffs, that is impressive. So no major surprises there yeah. among that list of winners. My final thought would just be, I love the hall of fame draft class. Congrats to Mongo. Steve yeah. Michael. Yeah. He was hey, uh, three bears, man. More cool. than deserving. I think Julius Peppers will kind of go in as a Panther, but yeah. he was a bear yes. second. He's a secondary bear. Definitely. Um, the bears have the most hall of famers and it's not even close. Uh, Devin Hester and Mongo are going in as bears a hundred percent. Freeney. And so the bears are going to keep, keep pushing the, uh, the gap a little bit wider now. Yeah, with the, yeah. the rest of the league. And, and I, I thought it was a, a great class. Andre Johnson is, a, you know, one of those uh, absolute, when you look at his career as a wide receiver, what he did, especially in some of those bad Texans teams, the beginning of that franchise, he is the, the greatest player in their franchise's history, uh, deserving uh, to be in for sure. And, uh, you know, it's, like it's, it's Freeney, a like, yeah, yeah it's really a, solid, absolute legends that real yeah. solid class. So shout out to them. And it looks like the bears will be playing in the hall of fame game next year. Heck yeah. Schefter Heck already yeah. kind of tweeted out that. like, well, with three, you know, bears going in, it feels very much like you see the bears in the hall of fame game next year. It's like, right. Hey, why not? Yeah. Let's, let's get that going for sure. Tyson, right, Badgent, well. a Tyson Badgent show. <laughs> Absolutely. Love it. Hey, maybe maybe we'll have a rookie quarterback in Caleb Williams making his appearance uh, in that game as well. Yeah, Who you knows? better if he's draft, you better not play in that. You better not play in that. Yeah, the Tyson Badge and just take every snap. Let the boy cook. There you go. There you go. I like it. Well, there you have it. We both have the Chiefs winning, and uh, and so we'll see how this thing plays out. We'll come back at you next week with our full Super Bowl recap. Uh, but until then, enjoy the weekend. As always, stay safe. And enjoy the Super Bowl with your friends and family. We'll see you back here next week.